Welcome to Today on Broadway for Friday, May 15th, 2020. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I am Broadway star's James Marino. Hey, James. How are you? I'm good, Matt. I miss you, buddy. I know. We haven't done one of these in a long time. How long, have things long time. Been go- yeah. How have things been going with the... Um, the user interactive this week on broadways oh uh, you know a lot of fun in fact i have to uh put out an invite for this sunday's uh, this week on broadway to everybody in our patreon feed uh tons of fun uh lots of uh good questions and interaction with uh our listeners and um Overall, you know, I made the illusion last week that uh, we let the people see them see see us make the sausage, and we've gotten a lot of sausage emails this week. Oh god! Yeah. I mean, I love I love me the butterball turkey sausage is mm. really really good. Uh, both patties and links they're a little different, but they are both uh, they both come highly recommend. I, I miss the premio sausage from Yankee Stadium. Uh, it's uh, part of our what we're missing right now in the in these days of your. Ooh, there's there's a lot of things that we're missing. Yeah, let's. Uh, well, uh, do we have anything else to do? We haven't done this in so long. I, I forget. No, I I think you mentioned Patreon. So uh, if anyone wants to get in on those live oh, yeah. listens of the this week on Broadways as well as get our interviews before anybody else does, head over to Patreon.com/slash Broadway Radio, BroadwayRadio.com slash patreon okay i think we're good now. okay so first up in the news disney announces that frozen will not reopen when broadway returns yeah james this wasn't necessarily a surprise as rumors of this move have been floating around for the past i mean probably yeah. since the very beginning of this but nonetheless it still felt like a swift boot to the gut anyway because disney theatrical on thursday announced that whenever broadway does reopen for business Frozen will officially not be returning. As we have discussed many, many times since the show opened more than two years ago, it never hit the box office highs that I'm sure everyone at Disney assumed that it would. Nonetheless, it was regularly north of $1 million and substantially so during the higher tourist times of the year. However, it was very clearly the third most financially stable show that Disney had on the boards when the shutdown happened. And it looks like they were starting to find ways to trim their costs. Now, despite the closure of the show on Broadway, James, the North American tour is still expected to reopen in whatever capacity is possible for touring shows. Probably, I would guess, with a lot of modified schedules. Um, but additionally, productions in Australia, the West End, Japan and Germany are still on schedule to open next year. Now, James, I would not be surprised if and this is a big if if the world eventually gets back on solid ground and the economy has not completely tanked in the next few years, I could see the tour of Frozen, which has gotten great reviews. In fact, they brought many of the changes in the, you know, they had some different uh, book and score changes and even some staging changes. They brought those to Broadway before um, the, the shutdown happened. I would not be surprised if they find a way to have, to have, excuse me, an extended tour stop on Broadway at some time, either over the summer or in the holidays or maybe both, maybe from like, you know, the June through January of one year, because um, I think that would make a lot of sense for Frozen. But whatever happens, James, this is certainly a, a rough day for a lot of Broadway fans who say if Disney can't keep a show open during this time, what are the chances that anybody else can? Yeah, this is um, – uh, <sighs> 
I don't know. It, it, it is a shock, and it's not a shock. I mean, uh, I, as I mentioned to you uh, before, before we were recording that, uh, somebody sat down with uh, a spreadsheet and made a business decision here, not not taking into account, uh, you know, the lives of the people involved in these shows. Um, certainly, you know, keeping this running uh, even at a at a loss is not going to impact Disney on a whole, but. They, they've made the decision, and uh, hopefully it will come around again, uh, as you've mentioned. Yeah, it is important to mention, though, that, James, that Disney Theatrical is financially independent from the larger Disney empire. They are self-sufficient, and they operate just like any other Broadway producer or producing company. So there is that. I mean, it's not like they are getting able to cash in on Marvel's billions of dollars, but that's important because – Caitlin Houston in Broadway News had an article on Thursday in which she talks about the fact that Broadway theater owners are still sending out rent bills to all of the producers, despite the fact that the shows haven't been open for two months. Now, in the article, she gets into a lot of the details about this, that they're basically waiting for insurance checks to come in to to collect. But who knows? Um, if you know how far that m- money will go, what the premiums will cover, uh, and all of those things, it's just a really rough situation. And in, in a lot of cases, I think if they didn't have these rent payments, a, a lot more shows would try to ride out the storm and reopen. But if they have to pay rent for twelve months, uh, it really seems like a death knell for every show that's on Broadway, pretty much, with the exception of a handful. In the article, you know, she talks about. <clears throat> the fact that there are certain shows that um, have different deals with the the uh, with the theater owners. And in this case, James, Frozen was in the St. James Theater, which is a Jude Jamson house. Lion King, which is one of the most financially stable shows on Broadway, is in the Nederlanders Minskoff Theater. And Aladdin is in the New Amsterdam, which Disney owns. So if you add in the fact that, that Disney Theatrical might have been trying to figure out what rent payments they might have to pay for the duration, what are the chances of the show doing well when they reopened, it probably makes sense to close an, probably an expensive show in a rented house rather than the two mm. more successful shows, especially the one that's kind of in the middle being in a house that you own as well. Sure. I understand that. Uh, you know, Tommy Schumacher, um, the president of D- Disney Theatrical, um, is also on the uh, part of the wing and on the Tony Awards and things like that. So uh, yeah, there, there's a lot of uh, stickiness there <laughs> that I, w- I wonder how all of this is going gonna, is gonna to play out. But uh, yeah. certainly this is uncharted territory for us all. Yeah. One more thing coming out of these announcements, um, in addition to the closing announcement, which was initially made in the New York Times, Michael Paulson reported some updates on other Disney shows that are in various stages of either production or development. He says that Schumacher said uh, that he remains committed to The Lion King and Aladdin on Broadway, to The Lion King and Mary Poppins in London's West End, and to touring productions of The Lion King and Frozen in North America and The Lion King in Britain. So that's good news that those sh- those shows are at least for now still planning on returning when this thing all gets back to normal also the previously announced new production of beauty and the beast is still slated to open in the u.s somewhere whether that's a tour or a broadway or at a regional house in 2022 
And the new production of Aida that I discussed with David Henry Wong a few weeks ago will now open in Germany in 2022. I don't know if this is going to be the same new version, just a different production than what we thought was going to be launching at Paper Mill uh, and going on tour or not, but it will officially open for the first time in Germany in 2022. I feel like those are going to be two different things that, that sticks in the back of my mind. We also learned that a new creative team of Christopher Gatelli, Rajiv Joseph, and Richard Sherman have taken over a stage adaptation of The Jungle Book from Mary Zimmerman, who directed and wrote the book for it in its previous incarnation. And Robert Horn has replaced Christopher Diaz who uh, to do the book for the Hercules musical, which apparently is going to get expanded for different theatrical purposes following its run at Shakespeare in the Park in 2019. So... Uh, they've got all of that going, and The Princess Bride and Bedknobs and Broomsticks are still in development from Disney Theatrical. So despite the disappointing side of this news today, James, Disney Theatrical is still looking very much to invest in the future of the company, just not with, you know, Anna and Elsa at the forefront. Hmm. All right. What do we have in other theatrical news? All right. Two quick stories here. First off, on Thursday, the Actors Fund announced that they have distributed more than $10.5 million in financial assistance to the arts community in response to the COVID-19 pandemic. In a Broadway News article that says, quote, the amount distri distributed over eight weeks is a record for the Actors Fund and comes in at more than five times the, the amount that is typically distributed in an entire calendar year. Obviously, the demand is much higher than normal, James, so it's really remarkable the work that the Actors Fund has done over the past two months, and I have no doubt that they will continue to do so for the duration and beyond uh, of this shutdown and pandemic. In other news, yesterday, the new streaming platform Broadway On Demand announced their initial slate of content, including the Broadway musicals Allegiance and Bandstand, a ballet series featuring Tyler Peck, and shows hosted by Frankie Grande and Laura Haywood, as well as Broadway photographer Matthew Murphy. There will also be new shows called Acoustic Cafe, which will start with special guest Adam Pascal, and an upcoming series called First Look, colon, New Musicals. Now, James, this is going to be a mix of paid and free content, but I've also heard a lot about the program that is still to be announced, which will include a number of very interesting filmed productions, either on a subscription or pay-per-view rental basis. So I'm really excited to see this roll out. It's got some big names, including Scott Rudin behind it. Um, so it really couldn't come out at a better time, and I'm excited to see what this actually becomes. Yeah, uh, we keep on getting uh, more and more encouraging news from this uh, Broadway on Demand. Interesting. <laughs> All right. So we have some feel-good recommendations. What are they? Well, the first one is uh, the New York Times does these things occasionally, and it's, they're always kind of interesting where they take two people um, who have some sort of professional connection and then they have them write letters to each other. They've done this in the past. I feel like Nathan Lane uh, did one at some point. I can't remember with whom. Maybe Brian Dennehy. I, I don't remember. Um, but this latest one is with Patti Lapone and her company director, Marion Elliott, and they go back and forth sending emails over the course of uh, more than a month uh, during this pandemic. And uh, they're really fun. They also are included with some uh, some photos of, of Patty in her yard with a lot of flowers. They talk about the pandemic. They talk about the show. They talk about all of this stuff surrounding Stephen Sondheim's 90th birthday um, that happened. Uh, they talk about Zoom, the Zoom rehearsals 
uh, and everything else, things they've read, things they're watching and all that kind of stuff. It's really, really lovely. And uh, it's just good to have something that's nice and you don't have to worry too much about um, getting too upset, although they do talk about their feelings about uh, the United States president. So that that could be a little triggering. But mm. hearing Patty in her own words is always uh, wonderful. <laughs> then another thing that I want to uh, point out, it, it's behind a paywall. So you can only get it if you are a subscriber to New York magazine. But um, Helen Shaw wrote an article um, that basically looks at what might have happened if the spring season was able to kind of uh, unfold on its own without having all of this happen. What shows would have gone on to have a really big buzz and might have transferred or what performances might have become breakthrough performances for different actors um, or even writers. Um, it's really interesting. And the reason I wanted to highlight it, it, I don't subscribe, so I haven't read it all. So I've only been able to read what's available. But the the top of it is um, Rendara Santiago's The Siblings play, which was from uh, Rattlestick Playwrights Theater. And this was one of the things that I watched um, that I paid for a ticket to watch. And it was fantastic. So it, this is one of those things where you, you can never undo the time that was lost. So we don't know what might have happened. Um, and it might be frustrating and, and, and sad to think about it. Um, but I think it's important for us to kind of look back at what might have been um, so that we don't forget when we get back to the other side of this. So, um, uh, anyway, uh, Helen Shaw's fantastic. So I recommend that. And then finally, normally this is mostly videos and I only have one this time. This is from, uh, Yvette Gonzalez Naser, who is one of the fates in Hadestown on Broadway. And she performed a song. Not only did she sing it, but she also played the violin for it, um, for a song called Orpheus, which, Seems very appropriate for someone in Hadestown, but it is actually a song by Sarah Bareilles. Obviously, there's still a connection between the, the show and the song. It's not only is Yvette great. She was also I, I interviewed her years ago when she was in Greece live uh, as Cha Cha. But the lyrics are so spot on for what is going on in the world today that it's a little eerie and prescient. But um, I definitely recognize that it's a, a really nice way to send you into the weekend. So maybe I'll call an audible here and add something in here, especially since it's a video. Uh, tomorrow, or actually today as you're listening to this, depending upon when you're listening to Anyway, Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time, and other times in other places on the globe. On YouTube, our own uh, Peter, Peter Felicia and Josh Ellis are going to get together and talk about in Philly, Boston, or Baltimore, the golden oh, age of the Broadway musical tryouts. So uh, this is something that they did, uh, I believe, with the York Theatre Company. Am I getting it wrong? Yes, they did, originally did it at the York Theatre Company. But they're going to be live on YouTube tomorrow for one hour, uh, Friday, May 15th, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, and you can get that link in our show notes. We're not, it's not going to be posted on uh, social media because it's a uh, limited audience. So as soon as they hit their cap, uh, you won't be able to get in and watch it. So uh, re really exciting. Uh, Peter Felicia, Josh Ellis, great stories about out-of-town tryouts and uh, maybe a good way to kick off your Friday evening. And what do we have on... Uh, videos this weekend we have cats don't we but not the taylor swift cats 
right? No, this is the 1998-99 uh, filmed stage version, but apparently Andrew Lloyd Webber is going to be doing live commentary for yes. it as well. So I don't know if that makes people more inclined to watch or less inclined to watch. I put out um, a bat signal to Alan Henry, but I haven't heard back from him to see if he's okay. Oh, he's a little he's a little busy right now. If you don't know, Broadway <laughs> World is launching their next Broadway's next on stage contest. They're revealing the first winners or the first finalists, the top 25 finalists, uh, probably as we speak. He's been uh, very much in depth with that one, but uh, very uh, <laughs> lots of stuff going on. Tons of content out there. You can't shake a stick without hitting some sort of streamed production of some sort. All right, and uh, check out CurtainTimes.com for all your entertainment this weekend. And uh, Matt, why don't you get us out of here? All right, thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Matt. And my name is James Marino from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. Thanks for spending some of your Friday with us and kicking off the weekend. Sunday this week on Broadway with uh, Peter Felician, Michael Portantier. And uh, on Monday, the Matt and Ashley Show returns. We'll talk to you then. 